The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we're here with a very special guest, a man that has been flying through the Phillies minor league system. He was recently raking in the Arizona Fall League. Is that good? You tell me. And finished last year in AAA. It is my pleasure to welcome the 11th ranked prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies, Logan O'Hoppy. How are we, brother? I don't know if you can top an intro like that, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. That's what we do here. I mean, that's what we do. We pump the tires. Everyone says that. And, and we were talking about the Arizona Fall League here. And a couple things that are just aggravating to me. <laughs> Obviously, justice for Drew Lugbauer. You're a part mm-hmm. of the movement. You're a part of the movement. You love lugs. I love lugs. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is, is I don't think you made – did you make the all-star team too? Or you didn't, right? I did, yeah. You did, okay. So we're yeah. all we're on Punched the justice twice, for... but we were there, yeah. Hey, it doesn't matter. You were on MLB Network. <laughs> you're on the MLB Network. Was it on MLB Network? That game was, yeah. Okay, so you're on MLB Network. Check that off the list. <laughs> but when you're looking at that roster, and obviously you have these top prospects, rightfully so, in the game, and then you have a guy, Drew Lugbauer, who had like a month off before even joining this fall league. He's hitting 435, I believe, was his, he with the line he was slashing, <laughs> and didn't make the team. What was the what was it like there in that a locker room for you guys when you're looking at that roster and a guy that's legit hitting beach balls isn't on that team? Yeah, and he had enough at bats too. Like people look at those numbers and they're so good where they're like he must have not been been playing a lot, but he was. And every time he, I feel like he went three for four with with a jack every time he he uh, took the field. But I mean, he's such a good dude, man. That even when the rosters came out, you didn't even you couldn't even tell that he was upset happy you don't know how he felt about it but uh but yeah everyone was a little pissed in that clubhouse man he definitely deserved it and uh and even though he's such a great player he's even better of a dude you know that and anyone that knows Drew knows that too but uh yeah I saw one of those shirts you put out and I was like I I think I need one of those sharpied on a a white t-shirt so I think we all needed them around the clubhouse dude I love Lugbauer and honestly I feel bad for you guys because it's to the point where it's like you grow this relationship with guys like that you get to meet really good guys and the next thing you know you guys are in the same division. Like when you both make it to the show, it's like, I'm supposed to kind of hate this dude. Like it's crazy. Yeah. The fall league. Yeah. Is I mean, the fall league, especially that, that thought comes up, but I feel like one thing I'm learning as I get more years under my belt in baseball is that people know everybody, like everybody starts to know everybody and you have friends in some crazy places. And yeah, it's, it's a tough balance for sure. But, uh, but I rather have those friendships than not. Yeah, and Lugbauer is just like probably a top five. I mean, he is one of the biggest. <laughs> he's he's a top five dude, one of the biggest efficient official guys on the planet. I mean, he came on this. This is how you, and for people who are new to this podcast, he came on the podcast on his birthday. Like it was, yeah. It's just a bananas thing that this guy does. He's just such a good dude. And who and be playing in that fall league. Who was some guys you played where you're like, this dude's legit. Like this dude is going to be an MLB superstar someday. Yeah, a lot of arms that I faced and that I was had that thought in my head. Um, I got to face and catch Bobby Miller with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, faced him first and then caught him after, and, and I was much more comfortable with a glove in my hand. Um, Asa Lacey was another one. His stuff was really, really good. Um, 
And really, we had a bunch of dudes on our team on Peoria that all were really, really good players. I mean, the fall league was special because I feel like you just ran into dude after dude out there. So um, getting challenged like that was a really great opportunity. And and it was a fun six weeks. I wish it didn't end. Dude, and some of the guys like were telling stories of <laughs> – I think Lugbauer told me the story because obviously a lot of guys in the team were like tired and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. wanted to, I guess, go home. And Lugbauer launches to, I believe, win the game, right, to make you guys like potentially be in the playoffs and stay there for a week longer. And Lugbauer yeah. was just like guys in the team were like saying, what are you doing, dude? Like pissed off out. <laughs> he thought it was a stag fly. But that – what, what happened with that home run? I believe it was like a three-run home run to tie it, or what, what was it? Yeah, so we were down. We had – it was a must-win on Thursday, and then we had to win on Thursday and Friday, and then another team had to lose, I think, for us to make it to the championship or something like that. Yeah. But we had to win this game, and then it was uh, top of the ninth, I think it was. Eighth or ninth, but I'm pretty sure it was the ninth. I was on first, and bases were loaded. And we're down by three, so – and we were down by seven in inning or two before. So, I mean, everyone thinks in their head, like, oh, seven runs, you know, it's it's doable. It's tough. You know, you try to keep to keep positive energy. But I think it was second pitch. He hit that ball and it went up. And I was, I was like, no way this just happened. <laughs> and then we lived on another day and, and everyone was just going nuts. But it was one. I don't know if anyone was like was pissed he hit it. I don't think they were. <laughs> My memory, no one thought that. But um Two innings before that, we thought we were packing our bags for sure. I can <laughs> promise you that, but we were glad that he came through for it. It's just a crazy thing. Like, it's just a crazy thing because obviously you guys don't really know how long you guys are going to be there for, especially with like that playoff, like the how the playoffs went and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just insane. I mean, and being a guy, you're obviously from kind of where I'm from, I guess you could say, not really. I mean, we're seven hours away from each other, but like same, <laughs> same climate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all cold. How different is because I humble brag, I was in the Arizona fall league tournament when i was in high school i went i think i hit 300 one year then didn't get any offers but besides the fact so we're we're talking about the difference in the climate and all that kind of stuff and the temperature how different is the dry heat because for me when i was playing there i was like man what the hell is this like i'm used to obviously being so humid when i'm playing but there it's like there's no humidity but it's just hot as hell yeah i felt the same way at the first practice or workout we had i was i was surprisingly not as sweaty as I was in the past. And I was like, damn, this is, this is different. But thankfully we had some coaches out there that were from Arizona and knew it. So they made sure to let us know to stay on top of hydration and, and all that stuff. Cause it is so important. I know it sounds cliche, but like when you're, when you're working hard out there, you don't even realize how much, how much you're losing. So they kept us on top of it, but it was enjoyable, man, too. In the fall, it was 75 degrees. Didn't rain once the six weeks I was out there. So it was pretty sick, man. It was awesome. And now you're back, and I believe you're in New York, right? You're back in New York, and it's just – I mean, we talked about it in the, before the show started here. It's just the weather here is nightmare fuel. And we all realize it because when you're in the summer, you kind of take advantage – like you don't really like – you don't take advantage of it because most of the time I'm inside playing cod or some shit like that or just God knows where I am. But yeah, are the winners where we're from is absolute nightmare fuel. Is there guys on your team? Like, do you ever tell stories to guys on your team that have never seen snow before? Because that's something that I always talk about <laughs> when I used to play in Juco and all that kind of stuff. The guys that have never literally seen snow in their life. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's so different up here. And especially during the off season, you try to get outside and, and it's brutal, man. Like today I went out, um, went to my high school to, to hit there on the field and, Luckily, there's no snow on the ground right now, but it was cold, man. And I was, I had that throw winter gloves on in between my rounds. Like it's, <laughs> it's tough, you know, but you make it work. And I feel like it's all, all part of it. And you, you tend to appreciate places like Arizona and Florida a little bit more when you get there. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's tough. It is tough. And I've, we've been dealing with it our whole lives. So it's not as bad, but I don't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> and dude, it's crazy to me that you are in New York right now because. Almost every guy like that's from the area that you're from is like, I'm not doing this shit. Like I'm going to play in Arizona or I'm going to train in Florida or Texas or whatever. So it just goes to show how much of a class act you are staying to your roots. Do you talk to the kids like from your high school team or guys that are playing at your high school team currently? And like, are you looked upon as kind of a legend there? Um, well, I talk to those guys and help them out as much as they can. Um, I know lifestyles are different now. They have school and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like after having a couple of years in the system, I'm becoming the old guy very slowly. So I do talk to them a little bit. It's tougher to relate as time goes on, but they've been great. And uh, 
yeah, they've treated me really well over there, but I try to come back and, and help them out as much as I can this year. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a little early. I'm going down to Florida, like you yes. said before in January. So I'm getting out of the cold weather, but, uh, but to answer your question, yes, I do go, go back and try to help them and talk to them as much as I can. It's because like, obviously, especially where like you're from and all that kind of stuff, got a guy getting drafted out of high school. Um, you're, I'm assuming you're like, when's that Jersey retirement? Like, are they naming the field after, is there any guys that are like big prospects or play in the minors or in the show from your high school or no? Well, there's one old varsity coach we had. His name's John Haven. He pitched for the Yankees. So there have been guys that have played in the big leagues from the high school I went to. So, um, so I'm, I think I'm definitely far from a Jersey retirement <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> we'll vouch for it. We'll vouch for it. If they have Twitter, we'll tag them. We'll, we'll definitely vouch for it. But dude, it's like, and this year, it's honestly, it's just every time I scroll through Twitter, it's Logan O'Hoppe. It's just like my whole Twitter feed's <laughs> Logan O'Hoppe on Twitter now. It's bananas. Oh, it's crazy. Like, how crazy has this last year been for you? Because I believe at one point you weren't even like a top 30 prospect for the Phillies, right? Like, I, I, I'm not sure if that, that I could be completely wrong on that. But now you're the 11th ranked prospect. Everyone's ta like, talking like the ETA for you is next year or the year after in the show. You played AAA last year. So, like, how crazy has this, like, year been for you? It's insane, the shit you've been doing. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, it was nuts, to be honest with you. Um, and the I don't really look at those lists as much, to be honest, because I can't control any of them. And, and I know that sounds super cliche, but it's true. I can't control a lot of it. So, um, luckily, I have enough people around me in the Phillies organization to, uh, to keep my head on straight and just allow me to live in the moment and take every day as it is and try not to get too caught up in, in the future or the past um, as well. So um, it was a hectic year um, living out of a couple of bags for, for quite a few months. And it was awesome. And um, I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world. It just, I mean, at one point, I wouldn't even unpack my bags if I were you. I mean, you played in three different levels. You played for the blue claws, I believe they're called, right? The blue claws. Yeah. And yep. then you played in double a, and then you're in AAA at the end of the year. It's just one of the craziest fly through in the systems I think I've ever seen of guests on this show. So when you when you were playing in AAA, you had a little bit of time there. Is there a massive like difference in the pitching compared to like Double A or High A or anything like that? Um, I was only there for two weeks and played one one week for the majority majority of the time. So um, I don't have a whole lot of experience up there. But one thing I did notice or pick up on, maybe this was my own head just going through it but um guys are more experienced up there so um they know a little bit more than you do so you got to think a little bit harder but um as far as the stuff goes i thought it was pretty similar to double a but i felt like it was definitely more of a challenge up in trips and you're not like a stereotypical catcher too i mean when you look back in the rankings like guys catchers are usually short dudes where a lot of people would argue that i should have been a catcher because i get made fun of for being short a lot but i mean you're a 6-2 catcher and i'll pump your tires here you literally look like you were crafted in like some sort of factory you're yoked and you're like when you look at you when people look at you it's like there's no way this dude's a catcher so, I mean, being a guy like that and, like, just not being that stereotypical catcher, what made you want to be a catcher? Because with your build, it's just, like, everything's pointing to, like, first base, outfield. You're behind the dish blocking balls at 6'2", 225. I mean, what's going on there? <laughs> I appreciate it. But I started catching when I was nine and just fell in love with it, and, and it was one of those things I just went with. Um my parents never forced me to, to play any position or any sport, but it was something I wanted to try and um, thought it was a phase of first and it's, and it's been sticking. I'm 21 now and, and I still love it. So um, it was just one of those things that came on. It wasn't forced or anything like that. And, uh, and I love it, man. It's my favorite thing to do. And you played in Lehigh Valley with a massive friend of the show, Mike Adams. I mean, what's it like catching? This dude is a spark plug. He's literally 5'7 <laughs> and throws 99. It yes. makes no sense. I mean, what yeah. was it like even catching this dude? I don't know if you caught his bullpens or caught him in games, but he's just an electric factory. I love this guy. Yeah, I caught Mike plenty this year. In spring training, I had no idea who he was and, and got to know him pretty quick. And he was with me in high A for the start of the year, and he went right up to trips and then Luckily, I've met him there at the end, but he is a great dude to have in the clubhouse. He has always made me laugh every time I talk to him. And like you said, he's a spark plug, man. He just comes in and fills the zone up and and blows it by everybody. So he's a he's a fun dude to be around. 
It's just one of the things that genetically doesn't make, and we're talking about genetics on the show. It just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if you've heard his story, but he got signed because he's a coach, right? So he coaches at mm-hmm. PPA. Um, I think that's what it's called. They follow me. I don't remember the name, but he coaches there. And there was a pro day for the, his guys, and he just yeah. threw, and he wasn't even supposed to throw. They, they said to him, like, Mike, just get on the mound, and he was throwing 97. It's one of the most insane yeah. stories of all time. It's crazy to me. And I think last year was – was that his, like, second-year pro ever? I think it was last year, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't – I didn't get too many details from him, but, I mean, fits the mold, man. <laughs> he's got he's, the stuff. He's, he's going to be in the show. He's He's yeah. going to be in the show someday, man. It's going to be his story is going to be absolutely crazy. It's, it gives me honestly because we've had like we've had Tyler Matzik, really good friend of the show. It gives mm-hmm. me Tyler Matzik vibes. Obviously, Matzik was like a first rounder and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Adam's story is absolutely insane. Did you also yeah. catch another one of our guys, Taylor Guerrero? Yes, I did. Oh my god, yeah. that guy's a legend. very briefly, but yes, <laughs> that guy's a legend. He packs <laughs> the biggest dips I've ever seen in my life. I've <laughs> never seen a human being. It's he'll send me like a, a like a picture or something like that, or just like wearing our shirt, and he'll just have an absolute hammer. And I mean, TG is absolutely <laughs> electric. And dude, playing in the Philly system, one thing that I noticed is is like they're not scared to like just throw like fly guys through the system. And you saw it with you last year. Were they? Did they tell you that at the start of the year? Like, listen, man, if you do well, we could see you in AAA by the end of the year, or it was just like play it by ear with that? No, it was just play it by ear. Um, like I said before, I tried to just take every day as it was and, and try to make the most of it and try to let the rest pan out. And, and luckily it did this year. So um, there wasn't anything predetermined that I had known of um, going into the year, but, uh, but I'm happy with how it panned out. Do you think, and over under here, because obviously you're behind the dish and you're catching guys that blow absolute smoke, especially in the Philly system. How many like borderline concussions do you think you've had? Like just balls off the face or just blocked balls or, or close calls off the neck. Like how many borderline over under like five have you had like concussion like symptoms? I'd say, I'd say under five, surprisingly. Um, I've taken more than five off the, off the head, off wherever, but, um, there have been two or three, maybe four, where I was like, "Cool, man, that that got me pretty good." Because these guys, these guys throw hard, man. Everyone's getting better. Everyone's throwing harder. So, adapt or die. How electric? Or it's not really electric, but have you have you been in your minor league career? Have you been crossed up before? Where it's like I'm thinking curveball here, and fastball almost just took my ear hole off. How that mm-hmm. happened? Oh yeah, a couple times. And I actually talked to one of our other catchers. I think it was. Colby Fitch, uh, he was with me in double A and we made a point, which if you think about it, it's true. Every time a catcher gets crossed up, it never gets hit. Like if you <laughs> look and a catcher gets crossed up, he always either gets hit or it's fouled off. It's never put in play hard. Like it could be the wrong pitch, whatever. And it's never hit. So it's uh, it's never a great experience. That's a crazy that point. I've never seen like a point where a catcher goes down the block. Like he thinks a curveball is coming. It's just a low fastball and it's just been launched. Because that would Never. honestly, that would borderline be one of the most embarrassing things of all time. Is just first yeah. of all, the pitcher, the pitcher has no idea what pitch he's throwing. Like the pitcher and the catcher aren't on point, and it's just launched. It's just absolutely yeah. insane. And I mean, one thing that's also crazy is, is like, I'm excited for that debut of yours, and I'm gonna maybe do some sort of challenge. I'll take a shot or something <laughs> along those lines when the announcer mentions your physique and or tries to make a funny joke about oh hoppy days. Or just tries to mix that in or something along those lines. Oh, or, awesome. or if they show a video, that video of you hitting at Yankee Stadium. Or you're yeah. catching that ball at Yankee Stadium when you were a kid. I or, or high school or whatever. Because yeah. that debut, people better prepare because that story might get brought up 15 times. I guess we'll go into it. I mean, give the background on that story of that ball you caught at Yankee Stadium and threw it. I believe you threw it into the infield, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I was my senior high school is the day before. I think it was the day before a playoff game. And I went with one of my boys. He's still one of my, my best friends to this day. And we just went to the game. We got first row, second deck. And at the time, we're like, that was that might as well have been a spot behind the plate. Like no one ever gets <laughs> first row. You're usually sitting in the bleachers for 20 bucks. But um, yeah, we went and then it, it just happened, man. Like Machado hit it. I'll never forget it. Machado hit it and I went up, grabbed it and then like, I just remember looking at the ball and then looking at my boy and we're like, oh, my God, like, like what do we do now? And, like, you got to throw it back or else you get booed out of the stadium. So 
throw it back. And then honestly, man, I did, we wasted those seats because I didn't watch the rest of the game. My phone <laughs> kept buzzing. I was getting calls and all that stuff. So um, yeah, it was kind of nuts, man. You were a legend. I mean, that story is absolutely electric because I believe you got drafted that year. And it's crazy mm-hmm. that the Yankees didn't take a flyer on you, like didn't pick you at some point <laughs> just based off of that. I mean, on draft day, were the Yankees like, were they one of the teams interested in you or was it just like the Phillies that were one of the teams that were like really interested in you? Um, yeah, during like the pre-draft stuff that you, you talked to a couple teams and, and they were one of them, but on draft day, it was mainly the Phillies. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, especially being a guy out of high school. Did, so you didn't want to go to college at all. Like, was that, ne- was that not? No, I did. I did. East Carolina, I was committed to. And that Holy was shit. What a school. For what a yeah. school to commit to. Yeah. Oh my God. You want to talk about off field shenanigans, just good party <laughs> scene. The football games are electric. And yeah. uh, that school is banana. You were committed there. Holy shit. I was. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm not, not the biggest dude to go out and party and, and have a good time. But, uh, but yeah, it was still my dream school because the baseball program is great. And I'm actually, so I'm a twin and my sister goes there now. So she's oh. a senior there. So I see firsthand what, what I missed out on. And, and, uh, and I'm kind of glad I did to be honest. Yeah, I no, dude, my personality yeah. would have blended well there. And uh, honestly, it, I, if you, if I was in your shoes, I probably wouldn't even be in AAA right now. I'd probably got released because I would have just been absolutely. I will actually I probably wouldn't even been drafted. If I went to ECU, <laughs> baseball would be the last thing I'd think about. That school is bananas. And dude, that's cool. I think the year you committed there, did they face or the year before they faced Texas in a regional? Is that correct? I think it was Texas Tech. Texas Tech. That yeah, school is a wagon, dude. Did you visit? Did yeah. you visit ECU? Yeah, I went on a bunch of visits there. I was going there growing up. My dad went there too. He didn't play there, but he went there. So I was around football games and baseball games and all that growing up. Um, so I was around it for quite a while. Yeah. What well, was that like? The only school that you were interested in, or was interested in you, or was there like a top five that you had out of high school? Uh, I didn't have a top five. I was definitely not that good at a high school. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was between them or another school, in North Carolina. Um, oh, and- ever heard of them? Ever heard of North Carolina? Jesus no, was- Christ. It was a school in North Carolina. Oh, Elon. Elon. It was another one, but uh, yeah, okay. But it was between them, and I'm, I went with DCU, and I was really happy with it. And it was a tough choice turning it down, but uh, but it was one of those things where a switch slipped in my head. I knew I needed to do it, and uh, and I'm really, really glad I made that decision. How does that conversation work? Because we've had guys on the show, and we've had legit guys committed to like Missouri, Iowa, where they had to break the news to them, and the school like legit hates them now for for not going there and just going the pro route. How did that conversation go for you to ECU? Because obviously they were one of the bigger schools on you. Like you said, it was your dream school. Obviously there was mutual interest there. How did that conversation kind of go where it was like, listen, I'm going to go the pro route. Was it a hard conversation? It was a really hard conversation. It, it, it didn't go too well, to be honest with you. Um, there yeah. are a lot of things behind the scenes that that changed the last couple of weeks coming up to draft day that, that made um, choosing professional baseball a much better decision for me and my family. Um, but it didn't go too well, to be honest with you. I still talk to a bunch of boys down there, and I'm, I'm close with a bunch of them. Um, and they've been more than great to me. Um, but I definitely don't think I could go there and hit in the offseason or anything like that. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's okay. Dude, that's I, mean, okay. I think you made the right choice, man, because obviously the Phillies organization, like we talked about, just it, and it's an absolute wagon. You have maybe the best fans in baseball, <laughs> second beside the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously. I'm a Blue Jays guy. But the Phillies the Phillies fans are psychotic. They love their baseball there. You probably get 5,000 DMs a day asking for, like, your jock strap, a batting glove, whatever. I mean, they, they love their baseball there. They love the Phillies. So you made a good decision. But, I mean, it is. It, it's crazy to me because – you're 18 years old, right? And you have to make one of the hardest decisions of all time. And it's like, you're, you're nowhere near the maturity level to say, I'm going to go pro ball. And Lord knows it. Like at that point, you don't know if it's going to work out. There's points where there's, oh, yeah. it hasn't worked out for guys. And they're like, kind of the education wise is tough, especially how expensive schooling is. So was that like a long conversation with your family? Like, what was the, like, did you make the decision close to the deadline where the, like the signing day deadline, or was it just like you signed right off the bat? Well, I w- I was set on school on draft day and really? then like I was set and then my name was called. And then it was, it was a weird moment. Cause I was like, everything got put in perspective after my name was called. And then I remember, I'll never forget it. I went out back, um, 
by by my pool like the patio around my pool and I, I was like just sitting there with my parents and then I like put my head in my hands and I was like I think I'm gonna do this like I think Let's I'm gonna go. sign and, and in my head I was like I subconsciously I was like no way I'm ready like they're like you said like I'm not at the maturity level like physically and mentally I don't know but screw it like high risk high reward you know and and the first three days I was in Clearwater, I was like, oh my God, I screwed up. I made sit, I made a bad decision. But then I got my feet wet and dude, I loved it. And then it just hit the ground running from there. It's true. And, and the element for me that makes going pro a little bit of, of a better decision is the fact that when you're in school and you're in like these D1, especially school like ECU, where I'm assuming the coaches are strict and all that kind of stuff, you're doing legit army style training in the fall. Like I remember yes. Nolan Kingham told me at Texas, they used to have Navy SEALs come in in the off season and train them, which is yeah. psychotic. And in pro ball, it's kind of like you're on your own, right? There's more like, there's more, you're, you're on your own with like your workout program, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned in Clearwater, I mean, you, you, you go from high school and you just get thrown in the mix and obviously not the greatest conditions, which is what it is in the Florida golf coast or Florida, whatever that league is called. So what yeah. was like the first thing you were like, man, where am I right now? Like, what am I doing? When did you get that? Like I'm in the minor leagues kind of moment. <laughs> um, when I walked into breakfast on day one and all I could hear was Spanish. And I was like, <laughs> I am here. I was like, I am, I am here. So I had to, uh, I had to adapt pretty quick, but, uh, but that was a really, really fun part of it. And that was the part where I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm here. Dude. It's like the minor leagues, you get thrown in the mix. And there's one <laughs> guy that, I, that me and Bryson always talked about. And I, I was meaning to ask you what this guy's doing now, but the, what Kuzne, what's that Russian guy that used to used to play with? That I was Anton just, Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov, one of the most. And for the people who don't know who this <laughs> is, I went to go visit Bryson, like Bryson, and you were there, obviously, like two or three years ago, I believe it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just packing one absolute hammers, <laughs> no, not speaking remote English, and just <laughs> on Facetime, like a minute after the game like he was yeah. literally on yeah. facetime and after the game what is that kid doing now is he in the minors still with you guys or is he with another or what's he doing i have no clue to be honest with you i didn't really? see him this year i think it his contract's still going i think but i don't know if it was covid or what but i haven't seen him but um yeah 19 man he was gross <laughs> he was electric he yeah. was i was part of me was hoping like he he made the show because he would be a walking highlight reel with the shit this guy was doing. I, I was there for two days and I was like, I love this kid. And Bryson yeah. would send, send me snapshots of him. And I love this kid was so electric, dude. And speaking about Bryson, I want to bring this up because mm-hmm. uh, obviously he's just flown through the system just like yourself. And he's a guy that people are literally calling him like the next man up at shortstop, like the savior pretty much of the Phillies. And he's hanging, going on trips with Harper, all that kind of stuff. What was it like with the fan perspective of playing with Bryson? Because he said he at one point had to have like people escort him out of stadiums. Is that true? Like security um, or go through different exits, stuff like that? Um, I didn't see any of that where as far as like he needed people around him to protect him or anything like that. I mean, it may have happened, but um, he does so well with all that stuff, man, that you don't even notice. Um, I mean, you definitely notice more people ask for him to sign stuff, but <laughs> he's such a good dude that he handles it so well. And, and he's just another, another human being, you know? So um, I haven't seen any of that too much, but when I do see it, um, he handles it better than, than most people I know. Because like, obviously, and like I said, I, we talk about guys on this show. I'm a foul ball guy who has no idea who I am. He's one of my arch nemesis I think he's just, I, we won't go into it, but I, I don't like foul ball. Okay. Guys. And you talk about these guys that are like autograph seekers, all that kind of stuff. I can't even imagine what it would be like for like Bryson or guys like you that are the big prospects that are obviously projected to be in the show next year. Was it at one point crazy for both of you or was it just like for Bryson? Like, I feel bad for this dude, this guy signing for like 30, 40 minutes. Like, what was it like last year? Um, Yeah. I mean, I was with him for the beginning of the year in Jersey and then ended the last month or two with him. Um, But yeah, man, like, he everyone just wants a piece and and you feel bad but I try to (laughs) I try to talk to him as much as I can on the way out sometimes I may annoy him about it but I try to just distract him from it and and try to give him an easy out if he could just talk to somebody and not have to listen to people but uh but like I said before man he he really goes about it the right way and as far as playing with him it was 
really fun hitting behind him because you knew you were getting up when he was up, you know, so you knew you had an extra bat under your belt. And, yeah, he's he's uh, one of the best players and one of the best humans that I've, I've been lucky enough to play and, with. And speaking about him, and this is when I realized, like, I was, like, like terrible at the game of baseball was when I went to Vegas to visit. I was, like, three or four years ago. I don't remember – and I was just hitting BP as a joke. Obviously, I was already quit. Like I was already done with baseball, and just seeing the ball come off this guy's bat, like even off a tee, it's like this guy's like a. What is this? Like this baseball shouldn't sound like this. All that kind of stuff. Is there a couple other guys that you play with that are in that system that are maybe like underrated? Where it's like, man, this guy has crazy pop, or this guy's not getting talked about enough um one that comes to mind in our system i mean he gets talked about but i don't think as much as he deserves is jalen ortiz um i mean yes. he hit 20 22 homers in lakewood this year and and like you said about study like every ball ortiz hits man it could be in the cage on the field it could be wiffle ball on a day off whatever it is you're like oh my god he <laughs> he's hit some of the furthest balls i've ever seen man Dude, and Lugbauer is one of those guys too, man. I mean, yes, I was going to say him as well. He's not even a top thirty prospect for the Braves. Like, I, I, I don't like. Obviously, you guys don't look into that, but I do. Obviously, just to kind of try to look at like uh, who I sh- like, what scouts I should hate or who I should roast on Twitter. But he's not even a top thirty prospect, and he is raking in the fall league. And like you saw what he got to do. I mean. Isn't it like insane to me that there's some, isn't it insane to you that there's some guys you play with where they're not even like remotely talked about or there's no really hype around them. And you're like, what are we doing here? It's like, it's, yeah. I guess, I guess you look at that. It's just, there's so many guys in the minors. Right. So I guess yeah. that makes sense. No, you're right though. And Lug Bauer is definitely one of them. Like he yeah. was, he's swinging in the, and he shows up every day in the cage, works his butt off and, and does everything the right way. And it's like you said, you're like sitting there like, how the hell is this guy not getting the, the recognition he deserves? And your organization has a catcher, obviously, everyone knows, JT Real Muto, who is an absolute freak of nature. Maybe you can make the case he's the best catcher in baseball. I think he is, actually. I might get roasted mm-hmm. for saying that. There might be a guy that I'm totally just forgetting about. But <laughs> what's it like? I mean, have you had the opportunity to, like, talk to JT or, like, learn from him maybe in spring training, any of that kind of stuff? Like, what's your interaction with JT been like? Well, luckily, I was in uh, mini camp this past year and got to see how he went about his work. And. And I think I've learned more from just watching him than, than he knows. Um, he's as much of a pro as you can get. And he's, I think, in my opinion, the best dude on and off the field to, to follow or, or model your, your game or really lifestyle after. So um, he's been really great. I'm really, really grateful to have him in our org so I can learn from him. What's one thing that you see from JT, like, are you like, like you said, that you learned about that just makes him different than, let's just say, like other guys you play with or just guys you watch in the show? Like, what's one thing he does that's just that just blows you out of the water with the like w- while you watch him? I think everything I've seen him do just looks so easy. You know, like, I, I don't know if it's that easy in his head, but you see it and just walking around, not even the catching stuff, like just walking around saying hi to people going about his day. It just looks like everything's working in slow motion for him. And that's something that, that I kind of strive to achieve. The best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and finishing last year in AAA, obviously, I mean, you got to catch guys, like I said, like Taylor Gray, who played in the show, all that kind of stuff. When you're catching pitchers, like big league caliber kind of pitchers, do you notice that, like, are, are you the type of guy that's going to, like, try to call pitches, or do you just kind of let the pitchers do it? Or are you is it, like, touch and feel with those type of guys? 
Yeah. Like if I, if I'm catching a dude that's, that's been around the block and, and has been there and obviously knows what he's doing, then I'm just back there for him and throwing down whatever he needs, you know, <laughs> but if it's one of my boys that has been with me in high air or something, then I'll work with them a little bit and, and throw suggestions off them and stuff like that. So um, you give and take from different people, but yeah, man, if you're catching a, a dude that's been up for a while, you're just back there to, to be there for him if he needs. Who's one of the best pitchers and here, like I said, we pump your tires a lot. Now let's try to keep you humble a little bit here. Who's one of the pitchers you've hit against where it's like, or like maybe the best pitcher you face so far in your mind of the career where it's like, I can't, like I'm literally swinging at peanuts right now. I don't have no idea what this guy's doing. Who's one guy yeah. that's like dominating. Um, I think I've had a few of those guys to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah. Asa Lacey was probably one of them in the fall league. Um, Bobby Miller again. I know those two guys come to mind. Um, and Cade Cavalli was a third one. That's a Cade friend of the Cavalli show, especially. Yeah, friend of the, the show. Uh, He's disgusting. He's Gross. so dude. Yeah. He, and I didn't realize like because this is how I met him. So Cole Franklin. I went. On, we used to do his Instagram lives during quarantine, and I was with with Cole Franklin, and he was there was this guy behind him that was talking on the Instagram live. I was like, who is that? He's like Cade Cavalli. He's going to be a first rounder this year. I had no idea who he was. I was like. If you go like I, I was like next year before the draft, we're gonna get you on. I didn't really know how good he was. I saw him out of Oklahoma, all that kind of stuff, and I saw the tape on him. He his he throws legit bowling balls. It's impossible to hit this dude. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how. I think he was a Triple A this year. It was his first year in the minors. Yeah, he's I think ins- so too, dude. He's insane, man. I mean, he's a guy that's gonna be in the show for a very long period of time. Hopefully, if he stays healthy, all that kind of stuff. He is another guy like you, where it's like he's gonna get like tested for steroids every two weeks he's just yoked he's a big boy he's a big boy man i have a story actually about my bat or one of my bats against him it was in jersey at our place in the beginning of the year and he took a no hitter into like the seventh i think (laughs) and one of my bats i don't know if it's a sinker or what it is but it felt like it rode right into my chin but i went i went to swing and the ball hit me in my bicep but the umpire, like I dropped my bat, I walked first. The umpire called it a check swing, so it was a strike. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, like, like I don't think I swung, no way. And I look at the video, I didn't, but I'm looking back, and I'm like, damn. Because then the next pitch he threw me, that slider he has, slider or cutter, <laughs> rolled over to third. I'm running down, and I'm like, damn, I just went over three, and my bicep is torched <laughs> right now. So that was not the most fun at bat. I <laughs> that is so electric. I love those stories in the minor leagues, obviously, man, because. In the game of baseball, unlike other sports, it's like there's so many games you guys play. So there's so many opportunities for you guys to like embarrass yourself with like a check <laughs> swing or getting crossed up or anything along those lines. And you get into the dog days of summer where it's like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing at the plate right now. I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. It just, and then you got to go face Cade Cavalli. I think hitters have it substantially harder than pitchers do. Cause for pitchers, it's like, play. For pitchers, the pitcher can have a bad day. He gets taken out after like what two innings. A hitter, <laughs> if you're not feeling it at the plate, you're you got four abs that game. You got four yeah. four chances to just be absolutely embarrassed. It's it's a tough look. Have you ever been the the strikeout hitter before at, a, at an away uh, stadium? Oh, plenty. Yeah, <laughs> I plenty. love that. That's <laughs> so electric. You've been a strikeout, and what's and give us a little background on the thought process of being the strikeout hitter because we have guys on the podcast that tell stories where it's like. I'll give the fans a strikeout just so I can maybe get cheered a little bit if I'm not seeing the ball well. Yeah, I never want to strike out when that happens. <laughs> um, my first experience, we were in State College in 2019. I was 19 years old, and if you struck out, everybody in the stadium won a Big Mac. So everyone, <laughs> And even the PA guy was in on it. So I got to two strikes my first at bat, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, I'm sure other guys can relate, but when you get to two strikes with, with being the K guy, like you don't base hit, double homer, you don't care. Like just if it's a ground at the second, it's a win. Like you're good. So that was my first one. I don't think I struck out then. Um, and then I was again in Australia during winter ball. And, uh, and that was free beers for everybody the next inning. So their culture over there, they love to get after it. So that had a big round of applause and I ground at the second and got booed off the field. <laughs> so those are, uh, those are some pretty memorable ones. Dude. I love the minor leagues, man. I, I wish major league baseball. I like, we talked, talked about this in the podcast a ton. Like I wish major league baseball did a strikeout hitter. Like, could you imagine being a strikeout hitter in Philly? Like, especially oh, with those God. fans, how cycles are. Imagine being an away guy and you're at the plate at citizens bank. And just every Philly fan is just roasting you to strike out. 
and you could become a folk hero there if you strike out. So I, I might, yeah. I might just let one go past me, but it is, it is insane to me that it's like that you guys actually are like aware of that. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it, oh yeah. It, and the fans think like these guys have no idea. They tune this stuff out, but you guys know as much as the fans do when you're the strikeout hitter. It's one of the most, how do you find out by the way? Is that something that they just like put on the jumbotron before you're at bat or like, what's the deal with that? Yeah, usually they'll do that. And then when they announce the lineup before the game, they'll be like, our, I don't know, usually our K-man <laughs> of the day. And then it's so-and-so. And then and then you're you're just sitting up there, you're hoping. And then usually I'm in the bullpen. So when I've seen it, I've looked up and been like, oh, it's going to be a tough one. And then you just end up getting through it. That's a nightmare fuel. Like, especially with like yeah. me, how much of like a, I'm not there mentally. Like I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the greatest of all. Like I get in my head a ton. I would, I would go probably three, over oh, three with three punchies. I like, because in your head, you're saying, don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. And when you say don't strike out, that's usually when you punch out. Oh, yeah. Like in your mind, when, yeah. when you're saying don't do something, you usually do it. Like it's 100%. one of the most. And playing in the minors, obviously, like I said, you flew, you've flown through the uh, system. What's, um, what's one city you visited where you're like, man, where am I right now? Because I know there was a couple when you were playing with Williamsport that even Bryson would send me Snapchats in like West Ooh. Virginia or whatever like that. And you're like, Dude, what am I doing right now? Where am I? What was one? Yeah. What was that one city for you? I know it's going to sound weird because it's so close to home, but Hudson Valley, New York, was one of the hardest weeks of the year, <laughs> and we had we went there three or four times. Oh my god! So spent like a month there this summer, and it was it was tough, and it was weird because like because my girlfriend lives upstate too, so like I drive past it all the time, and I didn't think anything of it, but. I was like, man, this is, this is a tough week. Have you stayed in any, and obviously on the show, I should have asked you earlier to like prepare for this, but have you stayed in any hotels where it's like, <laughs> I, I need to book somewhere else or I need to buy my own bed sheets or something like that. What's like, ha- have you had that situation before? Uh, yeah, I'll never forget it in Mahoning Valley, Ohio in 19. That was another town where I was like, <laughs> where the hell am I? Cause we stayed in a days in that smelled like smoke and it had, maroon wallpaper and oh the, a matching color sheets on the bed with a matching comforter and i was like um we're gonna get killed like we're, <laughs> we're done we're done dude matzik told a story and actually i think it's on his twitter still because he doesn't really tweet that much but he was sta- he was with the rockies and he was staying in this hotel he lifts up the bed sheet and the whole bed is just filled with blood like i i, I was I, I honestly had no words because you guys are legit pro baseball players and you're staying, yeah. you're sleeping on blood. Like you're legitimately, it's like Crazy. it's either blood or I'm somewhere else. But what do you have any like funny minor league stories? And obviously I, I allude to this every single show. We've had fans climb foul poles with knives, machetes. We've had fans threaten to fight people out like players after the game. We've had fan like last week, we actually had a story. This lady thought that her seats were in the dugout. So she just like walked into the no. dugout and she thought she had just, she thought like this is where I'm sitting, and she was like, "With the players, oh are like, ma'am, you got. I think you're up there." It was just like, "Do you have any stories yeah. like that?" I do actually. I have a couple oh. that that uh that are definitely for another day. If, <laughs> if you call me privately, I'll tell you. But one that comes to mind is we were in Brooklyn this year. Um, I got to play pretty close to home this year when I was in Jersey, so that was really cool. But Brooklyn, you expect it to be a zoo because the city's a mess right now, especially. Yeah. So it's like the sixth inning, and I think we're either up or down by like a run or two and um, I'm in the hole. So I'm getting my stuff ready and I hear, Hey, you guys on the blue claws and we all turn around and it's this kid. He's like 15 years old and he's got his phone out and he made it in the dugout and he's like videotaping us goes to reach for a bat. And then I turned to our bat boy, Dominic Pifkin. I was like, Pip, like tackle him, like hit him something. <laughs> like just, He can't take a bat. And the kid was like running down the tunnel with a bat. And then like, I think it was our strength coach or somebody was in and like stopped him, got the bat, brought it back and the kid left. But we were like, only in high A would a, would a kid be able to like get down the concourse past security and into the dugout. And like, it was scary because the tunnel was connected to the locker room, all our phones, money, everything was in there. So like, people can get in there. That's not the best. I, I genuinely don't think there is security for like, hot, like, especially some of these stories that we've heard of like, of, like the story that was crazy to me that I mentioned earlier is in Beloit, Wisconsin, which is a town that gets absolutely roasted. I actually think what we did is this podcast actually ended their minor league team because we talked about it so much. I don't think they have a minor league team anymore. I like I, I generally don't have a minor <laughs> league team anymore. I think we murdered a franchise, but yeah. this fan was so drunk 
that he climbed a foul pole at his bachelor party with oh like and God. was on Snapchat for an inning on top of the foul pole. We have a Snapchat of it. We have the video and the fan actually reached out to us. It's crazy how we found this guy. And he's legit videotaping himself on the foul pole. And there's just no one acknowledging it besides the actual guys in the field. I mean, high oh A is God. like a high A is a battlefield. I have no <laughs> idea how you guys do that stuff, man. It's crazy it to me. And so as you move up in these levels and all that kind of stuff, does like the lifestyle change? Like, are you guys staying in like nicer hotels, nicer meals, all that kind of stuff? Or is it kind of like stagnant? What a big word, by the way. Is it stay yeah, to stay with word. all of it? Um, in AAA, it got a little better, um, but I was only there for two weeks. So like I said, I don't have much experience up there, but um, in AA, it was pretty similar. Um, but that's where I saw the bigger jump as far as hotels went and stuff. Um, but the people don't change, man. People don't change. I put yeah. out a tweet during this summer too, because I was like a little fed up that. Yeah, I saw it. Like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Kids are a little ruthless and no one uses their manners anymore. And I thought when I was a kid, if I didn't say please or thank you, especially to a baseball player, I would have gotten taken out of the stadium by the back of my neck and I would have been in big trouble. So I try to try to preach kids using their manners as much as I can, because I mean, you should just do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, hopefully one day you get to play in Toronto because we have the nicest people on planet Earth. here. I mean, and that's the thing also, because. <clears throat> When I was younger, obviously, I used to go to baseball stadiums, and these kids are just insane. Like, it's not like they're, like, asking for it because they, like, hopefully I get this. It's, like, a demand. Like, they want yes. – they, if they don't get this ball, they're putting you in their back pocket, or you're on TikTok getting absolutely roasted by yes. this You have yeah. no idea – have you had a story? Because Stephen Brawls actually told a story on the podcast where he was trying to talk to his family and there was just a kid screaming, Steve, or just saying, Brawl, 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 give me a ball, give me a ball. And he's legit just having a conversation with his like mom. And there's these kids just like swarming in the middle of that. Do you, was there a specific instance where you want, you had to make that tweet? But I was like, I'm done. I have to tweet this. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, this was after that tweet, but it, in Brooklyn, it was like the kids were just nuts and the, and the parents were sitting there. And I was like, I, I mean, I don't have the biggest platform, but I was like, I just want to put this out there and just hopefully people see it, you know, because like I said, that's how I was raised to say please and thank you. And I feel like it's getting lost in today. But with that being said, I do appreciate the the really good kids that you run into here and there. You know, I've been lucky enough to meet some pretty great kids with some great families. And and that's a that's a great part of my job but uh but yeah there was one story that got me a little fed up it was in the fall league and my uh dad's sister and girlfriend came out my mom had to work or something but um I was talking to them after the game they had just flown in so they came down after the game and it was my first time seeing them so hugging them excited whatever and there was this guy standing in front of my dad with his phone like this like in my face what and I was the? like, hey, I was like, hey, man, do you mind like do you mind backing up? Like, I'll get you after. I just want to say hi to them. And he's like, no, I just need this video. I, I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm saying hi to my family. Like, I'll <laughs> ask, answer whatever question you got after. Like, please just give me some space. And the guy like I had to like beg him to put the phone down out of my face. Jesus, man. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Dude, it's like you guys are just people at for like, obviously. And Amir, yeah. Amir actually came up with a really good tweet because obviously he's back on Twitter now. Um, mm -hmm. Amir was like, there's people in my DMs, like wishing death upon me, my family, all that kind of stuff. It's just crazy to me how like people online or especially people with athletes just expect you to like that. You're not human beings. Like some of the stuff they say to you, some of the stuff they wish upon you in the DMs, all that kind of stuff. It's just crazy to me, man. I have like, I, I, I that's why, like we stand up for the guys here. I, I put guys in body bags on Twitter. I'll roast someone that roast Logan O'Hoppy, but some of the shit that you guys deal with, man, it's like you have to have like uh like a really thick skin, man. It's just insane, especially yeah. especially um playing for the Phillies and just playing in that city. That city's so passionate. Have you had like our fans in your DMs and all that kind of stuff, like just fired up for like your progress and all that kind of stuff? Um, I'm sure every guy gets a couple here and there. Um and the fans in Philly have been awesome <laughs> so yeah. far. And uh but I will say requested DMs are a scary world. <laughs> scary. Just world. let me funnel through them. Uh, that's what we'll do. Like <laughs> I say this, all the guys, I'm just going to be a social media manager. I'm going to quit the job at Red Bull. I'm going to be a social media guy, just funneling through the DMs, seeing who, who deserves my time of day to get roasted because it's, <laughs> it's insane. The shit you guys deal with, man. Like yeah. I respect the hell out of it.
But a couple more things, man. Second thing I want to talk about, I have to bring this up. I mean, how's your old man doing? I mean, just an incredible story, just electric, legendary guy, raised to just an absolute freak of nature. So credit <laughs> to him. I mean, the guy's electric. But how's he doing, by the way, man? I mean, the guy's just a legend. It's just his story is incredible. I appreciate you asking, man. Thank you. He's doing really well. Um, he's got, he actually got news. I think it was yesterday, the day before he has zero cancer in his body now. So Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, he's in full remission and, and chemo work. So he's got one more step to go. He's got to go through a stem cell transplant to, to wipe everything out and he'll be totally cured after that. They're saying Damn. so, um, all good vibes over here, man. Dude, that's incredible, that. man. That's incredible. I, I saw that story and, uh, I saw it on Twitter and, it just it puts things in a perspective because obviously and it just makes what you did obviously like way more impressive like playing through that you know what i mean like playing through that when your dad's like battling through that it's just what what how was it like in the back of your mind during every single game you were playing like how do you battle through that man because it's such a hard thing to like kind of keep in the back of your mind when it's someone that's so close to you you know what i mean yeah it was a tough year for us um and that was a big part of it um but dad always told me growing up like his his favorite thing to do was watch me play he didn't care how I did either like I never got talks on the way home or anything like that he just loved to watch me play and uh and that's what really kept me going man and it really put everything in perspective I talked to my manager in Jersey about this Chris Adamson his name is he is he's incredible he's a really great person to be around and he said to me he's like it just goes to show you that none of it matters like if I punched if I punched four times this summer after after hearing that news about dad, I didn't care. I mean, yeah, you're upset, but I didn't get hung up on it nearly as fast. And um, I think it sounds crazy, but it was a blessing in disguise how it shifted my perspective because it definitely helped me deal with things mentally a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely good he's doing well now, and uh, I'm just going to keep giving him something good to watch hopefully. and it's just and dude like obviously we don't like to get to i mean we don't like to get that serious on the show but the thing that really stood out to me is it's like life coming in full circle you play for the you play for the philly citizens bank they have that famous bell there <laughs> and your dad your dad beats can't like he, he beats it and he's mm-hmm. ringing a bell to like kind of solidify that yeah. he's done it just puts everything it's, it's crazy man it gives me chills even just talking about it. like <laughs> it's insane how it all comes together man it's that video was honestly it was one of the coolest things i think i've ever seen with like a guy that i know or just the front of the show and all that kind of stuff so i'm fired up for it. i'm gonna try to do something for him maybe i'll send him a hoodie or something like that I appreciate it man he'd love become, it become a big efficient official guy maybe him and i will start body bagging people on twitter or uh, oh, We'll be like a tag team. We'll be like DMX. We'll just start. We'll be like a WWE tag team. Anyone comes at you, me and the old man will just be absolutely roasting dudes on Twitter. Yeah, you <laughs> both are pretty electric. Anyone who knows Pops knows he's always buzzing. So I don't know if that would be the best combo. You guys would be pretty dangerous. It might be. It might be. We'll see, man. But I mean, and the second last thing is obviously <clears throat> finishing a AAA last year. You're literally one step closer to the show. I mean, you're as close as you ever been in your life to making the show. Um. What, like what's a couple things that you've been working on in this off season or just been doing differently than you've done the previous years to kind of prepare yourself for like, man, I want to make this team out of camp. Cause obviously that's a goal for every single one, but mm-hmm. what's one thing you've been really working on? Um, addition by subtraction. And what I mean by that is um, eliminating a lot of the uh, wasted energy that comes with, with an off season, you know, you deal with people that, um, you've been around in the past that, that you may not want to deal with anymore. You feel like aren't really benefiting you anymore. And the contrary of that, you really try to focus on the people that make you the best version of you. So I'm trying to keep surrounding myself with good people and getting rid of the ones that I feel like aren't, aren't helping me the most. And I feel like improving that aspect mentally has been the biggest adjustment. Um, I feel like I've been doing a good job with it too, being home so far. So, um, I mean, the overall answer would probably be just trying to keep my mind as clear as it can be. Yeah, no, I respect that. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing with the game of baseball is is the mental standpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. I I was obviously one of the worst with it. And we had actually the mental skills coordinator for the Houston Astros on the podcast. And just some of the stuff that he said to me, I was like, man, I wish I knew this when I played. Like, do you guys have a mental skills coordinator on your uh, your system? We did. Her name was Hannah Huseman, but she went to the Texas Rangers, so. Um, she's with them now. Um, and then we have CC too, who's at the big league level with us. So everybody in that, in that mental strength department has been great. Have a couple guys you played with. Cause I, this is a funny story. So I, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what this guy's. Yeah. Mickey Moniak. I played 
me and Bryson one a couple of years ago we played Call of Duty with this guy or Fortnite yeah. with this guy. He's absolutely electric, by the way. I mean, that's He's the awesome. guy I need to get on the show. But has he told you or have guys that you like you know in the system told you like what it's like in the show, like how different it is, or just some of the stuff that you should be expecting? Yeah, you pick their brains here and there too. And um when you spend enough time with guys, you know, you, you hear stories, whether they're in the big leagues or not, you know. So um Mickey's been awesome. Anyone that knows Mickey knows that he's a really good dude to be around and one you want in the clubhouse. So he's been great. He, I mean, he, he gets a bad rap, man. I mean, some of the stuff that I I used to see on Twitter about that guy and just knowing how good of a dude he is, is just one of the most aggravating things of all time. It's just Mm -hmm. some people are ruthless to that guy. And he's actually (laughs) just, he's disgusting too. Like he's so good at baseball. Like people don't understand that. I mean, Playing with him and playing with these other guys, I mean, do you look around in that clubhouse and AAA, especially seeing Bryson, seeing all, like all these guys and be like, do, do you have like, are you like, holy shit, this team is going to be a wagon in like two years, three years, all these <laughs> prospects we got coming up? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I looked around, like you said, a lot in AAA and I was like, this is this is a pretty good group, man. We got, we got some dudes in here. So um, it's a pretty humbling thing to be a part of, but um, so much fun when you're on the same field as you. And humble brag now. I mean, this is one thing that makes you absolutely just – you just love to see it. I mean, I think – and we don't get free ads here, but I'll do it because I'm a Logan O'Hoppy guy here. You're with All-Star now. I mean, yeah. humble brag is that good. How did that even start? Like, obviously, you did that through your agency, but you're a massive All-Star guy. I mean, you show pictures of you using their gear when you were a kid. So yeah. how surreal is that, and how did that even start? Like, how did that, like, how did that conversation even – come oh it's been a dream come true my agent adam groff were with aces um and that whole group over there has been great and i told them um originally like i hey i love all-star i'm gonna stick with it that's how i've been this is before i had a deal with them and they made it happen man and and i'm so grateful that they did because it's been really really cool being with them and i actually went through their factory a couple weeks ago because they're up in massachusetts not far from me and uh went through man and I was blown away and, and it made me feel actually when they explained everything to me and how they do it and why they do it, it made me feel even safer wearing their stuff. And, um, they're so great. They're great people, 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 I guess, or they're yeah. stands a great people person. And, um, and yeah, it's great, man. I, I, I don't see myself getting away from that. Anytime and I soon. respect the hell out of you, like how humble you are, because if I was signed to all-star, I'd be the cockiest dude of all time. Like I would legitimately <laughs> just be the biggest guy. It would be on, I would try to mix it in in every single conversation I have with someone I didn't know that I'm <laughs> sponsored by all-star because that's the most, when you think of catcher's gear, sure. You think of Rawlings, but all-stars like that hipster brand where it's like, that shit's electric. Like I want yeah. that gear. So when you found out that they wanted to like sponsor like wanted you as to be a part of their company and all that kind of stuff i mean like did you have to pinch yourself like how crazy is that man it's insane yeah i don't think it's hit me yet to be honest um (laughs) i was in seattle because uh they sent me out the driveline in january for three weeks or a month um before the season last year and that's where i found out and i'd woke up to a text from my agent and i was like damn man like that that actually happened that's crazy so um yeah it's it's been great man and a lot and this is the last thing i want to talk about obviously has nothing to do with baseball but i'm a big hockey guy you're a big hockey guy you're at the rangers Mm -hmm. game actually against vegas i bet vegas that game humble brag it hit you hate to see it because the rangers lost you're a big rangers guy what's your thought 50 bucks on it too yeah i will vegas Vegas Golden Knights are like, they're insane. I mean, they're just yeah. maybe the best team in NHL right now, especially in the, and Eichel's not even playing. They legit, like their whole team's injured and they're just, uh, they're just a wagon. <laughs> so I mean, what's your thought process going into this? I mean, obviously we have a little break here with the NHL. The Rangers are nasty. I mean, they're so good, dude. Wagon. They're so good. Yeah. I mean, what's your thought? I mean, do you try, how many games a year do you like try to go to like a ton or what? Uh, since I'm not going to be home much this winter, I tried to go as much as I can. I've been to three or four already. Um, but I, I watch plenty of them and I've been a Ranger fan since I was a kid, but I, I don't remember ever being this excited about watching, watching the Rangers before. <laughs> it's so much fun, man. And I mean, even when they lose like that game against Vegas, like you losing a shootout it's sick. And, yeah. uh, 
and it's been awesome, man. I'm excited to watch the rest. And I, maybe you can like, uh, maybe I'm an idiot for this take, but I genuinely think that shootouts are the dumbest thing of all time. Like three on three <laughs> overtime is the most electric. electric sport. Like you could, I'll put it up there with anything, any, any <laughs> yeah. single sporting event on the planet. And especially that game you went to that oh. three on three overtime was bananas. I think the NHL Insane. should just keep that. Like why even yeah. do you shoot out when you have the most entertaining thing on planet earth where it's just coast to coast, just is chances, chances, chances. It's the most electric thing of all time. I think overtime should stay. I, I hate shootouts. I completely agree. Completely agree. My sister, I went with my sister to the game and she was wearing an Apple watch and her heart rate got up to 113 <laughs> while we were watching. We were all just like buzzing back and forth. And uh, yeah, man, that was sick. I, I love the three on three. Dude, what's MSG like? I've never been. It just, it looks, oh, it's the Mecca, dude. dude. Like, and honestly, and we're talking about chills. I get chills even just thinking about like, it's just the lights look brighter there. It just looks so much cooler compared to like anywhere else, man, because obviously there's such a passionate fan base there and the team's nasty now. So it just looks way cooler. What is mm-hmm. MSG like for the pe- for the, like give a description for people that have never been there. Yeah. Whatever is in your head, I promise you it'll exceed your expectations. So I, I always take the train in and you take the train in the Penn station, which is underneath the garden. So you just oh take the stairs up and then you're right at the gate walk in and then like you said that 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 ceiling with the lines around it the, yeah it, the scoreboard the lights everything it's it's so loud and especially with a game like that against vegas the place was buzzing man it was sick dude sick. it's like and obviously be like i'm a leaf fan of uh and the, the the difference between and obviously some americans don't know this but the difference at these Leaf games here is it's not really a lot of fans at the games there's a lot of suits it's a lot of like yeah. business meetings yeah. it's and, and when you look at stadiums like Madison Square Garden, where it's like you have legit psycho Nick fan, Nick fans, where it's just the common man, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just such a good team to root for because if when that team is good, it's just the most electric stadium, the most electric fans. It's so sick to just be able to like watch what they do. And you have guys like Henrik Lundqvist, who maybe is the best looking human being on planet Earth. I mean, that yeah. guy. Who is your favorite? Is he your favorite Ranger of all time? He is. Yeah. I watched him growing up. Um, right now it's Ryan Reeves just cause he's, yeah. I mean, he's the man. Yeah. He's the man. I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah. Vegas, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, that Hank is my guy. I, I watched him growing up for quite a while. Dude. It's just, I, I mean, uh, the Rangers are such an electric team to watch and, uh, and actually funny story. I, I'm, I'm going to try to get you connected with Ryan Strome, one of my best friends, Jacob Reed, right. he's cousins with Ryan, like literally first cousins with Ryan Strome, like Christmas together, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to try to make that connection. Maybe we'll have some sort of, I mean, just two pro athletes going out of thing. Ryan Strome's disgusting, by the way. One of the most underrated hockey players, yeah. maybe in the NHL. He's so goddamn good. Just I, like I said, I mean, obviously this isn't a hockey podcast, but the Rangers are electric. The Leafs are the first, I think, in the conference. It's just a good time to be a hockey fan right now. You just love mm-hmm. to see it, especially with baseball being locked up. We don't even know what's going to happen with that. So oh, might yeah. as well get into hockey. It's just and the people that don't like hockey get into it. It's so it's just the sickest sport of all time. Oh, and, and you know, it. and you know what's insane? You being a catcher, you could honestly probably throw on the pads and be nasty, like in, yeah. in as a goalie. I'm not even joking you because it's like the same kind of thing, like the butterfly yeah. and net. All, all, all like catchers when I was growing up, like kids I would play with, they would be goalies like in, in hockey because it's just the exact same thing. It's just yeah. electric. Well, and anyways, man, obviously, like I said, we had to get you on, especially with the year you had last year where it's like my, you might as well have been trending on my Twitter because or maybe the <laughs> algorithm was just Logan O'Hoppy all over my Twitter because the oh, shit you man. were doing, it just, you love to see it. But anyways, man, I appreciate you coming on and I, oh my God, I didn't even, I didn't even mention this. It's Christmas on uh, – this is dropping two days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. And before we end this, give your favorite Christmas memory or just something, a tradition that you guys do every single year for Christmas. Yeah. Because we have to. It's a Christmas episode. I mean, it's, it, you have to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, the tradition that comes to mind, um, the day before Christmas Eve, my family and I call it Christmas Adam. So my cousins are religious. So I said Adam came before Eve. Um and then we all get together on Christmas, Adam, at like six o'clock at night. And we just cook until it's gone as late as like 4 a.m. on Christmas Eve. So we just cook all day. We have a big family. So um, we got to cook a lot. But this year we can't because COVID's ruining everything. But yeah. uh, 
but that's definitely my favorite day of the year is Christmas, Adam, for sure. Okay, and now give your top three Christmas movies because one movie that gets disrespected in my mind is Polar Express, maybe because I uh-huh. cry at the end of it. I don't know why I cry at the end of it. It makes no sense, but that movie's in my top three. What is your top three Christmas movies? We'll end, we'll end the podcast with that, and then we'll just immediately cut it. Yeah, it's Polar Express is three. Um, I'd say Home Alone is two, and then Number one, I have a feeling you'll appreciate this, and it's not even up for debate, is Christmas Vacation. Yeah. No, yeah, Christmas Vacation. And and actually, number one for me is probably Santa Claus. I don't know if, like, with, right. uh, with Tim Allen. Classic. That movie Classic. is just electric. Santa falls off the roof. I just love Christmas, and obviously it sucks here with COVID. Like, we can't really do anything here in Canada, especially yeah. in Ontario. But Christmas is just, it hits different. It's just, especially here, because when you look at guys like Bryson, there's no snow on the ground. That's not Christmas. I mean, here we got literally winter, like it's snowing. There's trees, Mm -hmm. there's Christmas decorations. It just gives me that Christmas vibe, you know? So that's why it's the most interesting thing. Well, anyways, the people needed Logan O'Hoppy on the podcast. We got it done. Credit to us. I appreciate you doing this, brother. Absolutely electric. Electric. I can't wait to see what you do next year. Can't wait to see you in the show. I'll be at that debut because, like I said, Philadelphia is six hours from me. I'll, I'll be there. Hopefully it's in Philly, not like L.A. or some shit. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.